Good morning. How are you guys doing today? You guys doing all right? You still a little sore from shoveling last week? Or are you guys all right? <laughs> Beautiful day today. Hey, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor here at Passionate Life Church. And we are starting a brand new series today called The Road to Life. The Road to Life. We'll uh, continue this series all the way through Easter. Again, I want to remind you, uh, invite somebody to Easter. We've got uh, three services, uh, Easter weekend. It's going to be an awesome week. We call it Passion Week. And so I want to encourage you to grab a flyer on your way out. All right. Are you guys ready to hear the word today? Come on. And so we're, we're starting a brand new series, The Road to Life, The Road to Life. And I just want to pose this question to you today, and I know this is a deep question, okay? What is life to you? What is life to you? Right? And I think people make fun of that uh, phrase, right? There's that, that deep philosophical, you know, what is the meaning of life, right? right? And you have these smart people really talking about superficial things when they talk about it, right? And so we're talking about this in the context of what Jesus has done for us. And so many times we, we focus on the cross, right? And we should focus on the cross. But Jesus did something after the cross. And what he did after the cross is he gave us life. And so I, I want you to continue to think about that question, what is life to you? Is it your career? Is it your family? Is it your marriage? Is it your investments? Is it your 401k? Is it your retirement? What is life to you? This week we, we had a funeral here for a 37-year-old young man, and, and every time, you know, I see these things, I really think about my life and kind of the priorities of my life and, and uh, how I'm living my life. And, and the other day I was with my boys, my, my two boys were riding bikes and we were riding through a neighborhood and, and just seeing different homes and we were riding in the back, uh, the, the, this back sidewalk and we were seeing the back of some homes and we saw this family with two young boys and they were looking at a garden and it just kind of just hit me. It was like, this is this is life, and, and how are we living our life, and what, you know, what does that word life mean to you? Come on, let's pray, and we'll get into God's word today. Father, we just thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for every person that is in this room today and watching online. Father, God, open our hearts. This is your moment, Jesus. This is all about you, God. So, Father, we just give you permission to speak to our hearts and our minds. We we, we just pray away all distraction, Father. Just let us focus in for the next 30 minutes, God, on everything that you have in store for us. Lord, help me get out of the way, all of you and none of me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. And so I got an illustration today, okay? The game of life. It's funny, this week... I had it on my coffee table in my office, and everybody that came in, it was just like, oh, pastor, 
playing board games. And uh, have you guys ever played this game, a game of life? You ever played it? It's, all, it's a pretty fun game. Uh, our seven-year-old loves this game. Zeke loves to play this game so much that he, he plays it by himself, okay? <laughs> he plays it by himself. He wins every time. Uh, have you ever played board games by yourself? Have you ever played board games? If that's you, you need to join a life group, okay? <laughs> you need some friends, okay? And so, uh, it, it's, this, this game is it's pretty accurate, if you've ever played it. Um, it it's pretty, gives an accurate depiction of what life is, especially American life, right? And so, you've got this board, right? You've got this board, right? And, and there, we have a tendency here in, in America to end up getting on someplace on this board, Right? And, and sometimes it's on purpose, sometimes we're just driven, and, and, and we just, you know, want to achieve things in our life, or, or sometimes we just kind of drift from the road and the path that God has in store for us, the life that God has in store for us, and we just kind of, we kind of drift on this board. But if you look at this, this board, right, you've got two options, you've got a career path, and you've got a college path, which I find is interesting, so you've got a career path and you have a debt path, you know what I'm saying? And this is, the, this is the pet edition. And so I find it's interesting, on the career path, you have to get two paychecks before you get a pet. Good wisdom there. Apparently, if you go to college, you can just put a pet on credit. I mean, there's no payday. It's just... Keep getting debt. And so there's, there's just some good things. You know, you, 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 get, you get married, and, and then there's paydays, and then, right, then, then you can get a house. And then the end, the end of this game, the end of this game, you can retire in countryside acres or a million-dollar mansion, okay? Which I don't know, like, why you'd retire in a mansion, you know, isn't that when you're supposed to downsize? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, this is... This is really interesting. There's like some things on here that, we, that, that are good things, but here's the issue is when we get caught up on this game of life, we get caught up on this board, and we're just kind of living from moment to moment to the next thing, and, and man, it, when we get on this board and we stay on this, this, this board, it really leads to a life that is unfulfilling. It really leads to a life that's unfulfilling. Um, I also found this interesting, you know, because you, you, you spin, right? You, you spin, right? You spin this, and then um, you can get a house, right? You can get a house. And, and um, this game obviously was not made for people who, who live in Colorado, okay? Because here's an Echo house for 200K, like, come on. Family house for 250K, I mean, come on unrealistic. And then um, the, the careers, like I find you, you can be a chef for, for 50K and it's really all about money. You can be a singer for 70K, like seriously, a singer. Uh, yeah, a lawyer for 120K. Oh, this is the one that I thought, I thought was really funny. Teacher, salary, 100K. I mean, that's setting kids up for failure. 
yeah, I want to be a teacher. You make 100K, you work nine months a year. Sounds great. <laughs> and so, man, so, so many times it is so easy for us to get caught up in this, this, this game of life, right? This just, just this living from moment to moment and, and paycheck to paycheck and job to job. And, and we get swept up in this, this game of life, right? We, we get swept up in this, this game of life that we actually start to forget what life is all about and the important things in life. It's so easy for this to happen, to just begin to get swept up by the things of life. Jesus came and he promises us a better life. He comes and he promises us a better life. Let's, let's read John 10, 9 through 11. This life that Jesus offers. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely, and I will, give, I will find good pastures. This is a, a, a shepherd reference. Because he's, he's, we see that he's talking about he's the good shepherd. And I, God has good things to it. You know, God, I, we serve a good God. And he wants to lead us to good things. I mean, that's what he's talking about. He's like, man, I want to I lead you to good pastures. I have good things in store for your life, right? If you think about sheep, leading sheep to good pastures, that's good food, right? They're being nourished. They're getting healthy. Like, this is what Jesus has in store for our life. He's got good food for us. He's got good nourishment for us. He wants us to be healthy. And this is what he's saying. And then he says, look, 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 look. There's an adversary. There's a real adversary who does not want you to find good pasture, who does not want you to find good things. And this is his purpose. His purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Again, Jesus says, okay, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrificed his life for the sheep. So the two words that I want us to focus in on and this is rich and satisfying, okay? Rich and satisfying. I want us to hone in, okay? So what is Jesus talking about, a rich and satisfying life? Because I feel like it's really easy, and, and I've heard this passage taught out of context where basically people take that scripture and say, well, uh, I guess God wants me to be rich, okay? Uh, God wants me to have that millionaire mansion, you know what I mean? And, and, we, and a Lambo, you know what I mean? We, we, we can get off very easy if we don't, dive deeper into the scripture and read it in context and what Jesus is talking about. And so I want to I look at that word rich and I want to look at uh, from a definition of, of a Greek definition because our English language sometimes falls short to what Jesus is talking about when, when he, he spoke this in Greek. Uh, let's go ahead and look at rich. Okay, here we go. Rich means life, both of physical presence in a spiritual, particularly future existence. And so the rich that Jesus is talking uh, about, and the best example that I can use today, have you ever been to a fancy restaurant, okay, where they give you portions like this big? You know what I'm saying? I've been there one time. One time someone took Don and I to a really five-star restaurant, and it was like five or six courses, and literally everything was like this small. I was like, what? What's happening here? 
And I remember one of, one of them, uh, one of the dishes was duck liver, okay? Duck liver, sounds gross, but it was absolutely delicious. It was so unbelievably good. I mean, I mean, it just melted in your mouth. And the reason why they don't give you a lot is because it's rich, okay? It's just got this really good quality, right? Like, it's just the highest quality. It's, it's rich food. And I don't know if you, maybe you've ever had rich chocolate, right? You can't eat a lot of chocolate. Some of you like, Pastor, I just power through. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll power through that rich chocolate. And, and, and by, it's this, this, it's this really high quality. And this is what Jesus is talking about. I have come to give you this quality of life that you can't get anywhere else. Not only here in the present, but in the future. Like, man, I've given you eternity, and that's going to be beyond your hopes and your dreams. But I've also come to give you this quality of life that nothing else can give. And then let's look at satisfying. Satisfying, the definition here is super abundant or superior. Super abundant or superior. So what Jesus is saying, I have come to give you a superior way to live that gives you a quality of life that nothing else can give. He's come to give us a rich and satisfying life. So what does it mean? What does it mean for us to follow Jesus on this road to life? What does it look like, right? Like, what does it practically look like to follow Jesus on this road to life? Let's look at Luke 9, 23. Jesus says this. He says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. You can leave that passage up there for a moment. Look at this. Jesus says, take up your cross daily, every single day. Not once a week, not biweekly, once a month, twice a year. He says, every single day, you take up your cross and you follow me. Man, Chuck did such a great job last week uh, that I'm going to steal his illustration this morning for a moment. Uh, he used an illustration of a backpack, right? And unforgiveness fills this, this backpack filled with things that, that weigh us down, right? That, that really weigh us down. And, and I don't have rocks in here, okay? I don't have rocks. Um, and, and so... We, we look at this, right, how unforgiveness, but let me ask you a question today. How heavy is your cross that you're carrying today? How heavy is it? Because there, there's two reasons why your, your, your cross or the burdens that you're bearing today are really heavy. One, the first that I want to talk about is that you're carrying burdens you're carrying a cross that you were never designed to carry. And that's why it's heavy. And it's called the sin. It's called the sin cross. 
right? It's called the sin burdens that are weighing us down, like unforgiveness, that weigh us down. And this is why we're tired and worn out. And this is why it's easy for us to slip into depression and anxiety and, and, and just negative thoughts. And we just get into this, this cycle of negativity. And it's because we're carrying a burden. We're carrying a cross we were never designed to carry because Jesus already carried the sin cross and died for all of our sins. And so by us carrying around our past sins, we're carrying something that we were never created to carry. Even Adam and Eve were never created to carry sin. They fell into sin. And that's why Jesus had to die to break the power of sin off of us. Some of us today were so worn out and we so slip in, in back into negative, uh, you know, toxic thoughts and toxic relationships. It's because we're carrying a cross we were never designed to carry. Come on, today's the day that we take off the sin burden and we say, Jesus, I'm going to give it to you. I, I acknowledge that you died on the cross for all of my sins. And I'm going to stop carrying them around. I'm going to give them to you. This is why we get worn out. This is why we slip into depression. This is why we slip into to, to anxiety and stress. And, and when we're carrying something that we were never designed to carry. But Jesus does say, look, 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 you should be carrying something. Every single day. You have a cross. You see, Jesus' cross was sin. Sin and death. And he carried that perfectly. He nailed it, okay? So we wouldn't have to. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 through 30. Jesus says this, take my yoke upon you. And I think this, this passage kind of gets taken out of context too. We, we think that God is supposed to take all of our burdens and, and carry our cross for us. That, that's not what Jesus says, right? He says, no, you have a cross to carry. He also says, no, 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 take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So I think there's this mentality of, when I become Christian and I'm following Jesus, that I am not supposed to carry anything. And that is not true at all. We're just supposed to carry the right burdens. We're supposed to carry the right cross. Jesus isn't asking us to carry nothing. No, he says, no, no, no. I want you to carry my yoke. I've got a burden that I want to give you. And here's the thing. When we put Jesus' burdens on, it actually energizes us and gives us rest. And, and, and this is where I think the, 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 the separation is from where it's like, ah, I don't, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that for God. You know, I don't, I don't want to serve. I don't want to give, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm apprehensive of, of that. And, and God is, is saying, Jesus is saying, listen, listen, no, I need you to carry those burdens. I need you to carry that cross 
because that burden and that cross is going to energize you and give you rest. The yoke Jesus gives us to carry gives us rest and energizes our soul. So for some of us today, we're missing out on the rest that God wants to give through carrying his burdens. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Galatians 6, 4 through 5. He says, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry their own what? Load. The Apostle Paul is saying here, God has designed us to carry something. He's designed us to carry our own cross. He's designed us to carry our own burdens. And this actually gives us purpose, right? Because it's so easy, it's so easy to get caught up in this game of life when we're comparing ourselves to everybody, right? It's so easy. Well, so-and-so's got a new car. Jesus, I've been tithing for four years, and I haven't got a new car. My battery keeps draining. My tires keep losing pressure. I got to pump them up all the time. Radio don't work. It's easy to get caught up in this game of life because everybody around us is caught up in the game of life and posting it and and talking about it. And, And it's so easy if we don't stay focused on the life that Jesus gives us we so easily can get caught up in the game of life and comparing ourselves. Listen, comparison just leads to disappointment. It just, it just leads, uh, it just, man, if you're comparing your life to someone else, it just leaves you unfulfilled and empty. God has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for you, okay? He has a purpose for you. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, man, you can take pride in that when you're, you're following the path, when you're following the road that Jesus gives because it's, man, it gives us this rich, satisfying life. There's this quality of life that Jesus gives that nothing else can give. And so when you're walking this path, this road that God has placed before us, you can celebrate when, when good things happen to other people. You could celebrate good things because you know God has you on your path. You're in his purpose. And, and, and he's going to bless you and, and he's going to give you a rich and satisfying life when it's, when it's time. Or maybe not, right? Maybe that's not the design that God has in store for your life. And so we just need to stay focused on the path and the road that God has placed before us. Because if we start drifting off, we're going to begin to drift off from the purpose and the plan that God has 
in store for our life. And it's so easy to begin to slip in to toxic thoughts, negative thoughts, slip into depression, slip, put, start putting the sin bag, the sin burden back on us that weighs us down, that gives us no rest. Jesus says this in John 16, 12 through 15. Now, I try to avoid this passage this week. There's usually something in the message that I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to preach that. Jesus says this. There's so much more, and he's talking to his disciples, okay? He's talking to his disciples that he spent over three and a half years with, okay? These are his guys. He says this. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Why would he say that to his disciples? I've got, man, I got things I want to tell you. Ooh, I got dreams, I got purpose, I got vision that I want to give you, but you can't bear it. The reason why Jesus doesn't tell them is because at this point, their faith is shallow and weak. He doesn't tell them because he's like, it doesn't matter because your, your faith at this point is it's really shallow and it's really weak. And the reason why some of us here today and you're watching online, the reason why God hasn't spoken a purpose or vision or given you a dream for your life is because your faith is weak and it's shallow and it cannot bear the vision that God wants to give you. And this is what he's telling his disciples because we see the proof of this after Jesus dies on the cross. The disciples go back to their old way of life. Their faith was weak. It was shallow. They could not bear the burden that God wanted to give them. He couldn't speak the vision and the purpose into their life because they weren't on the path. Or they were on the path, but man, they could not bear the weight of the burden that God wanted to give them. When the Spirit of truth comes, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. Come on. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So up to this point, the Holy Spirit had not come. There was not an opportunity for the Spirit of God to resonate in human beings yet because Jesus hadn't died yet. And so, what does the Holy Spirit do for us? The Holy Spirit allows us to bear the burdens of God. As we see when the Holy Spirit came, right, in the upper room, Jesus tells his disciples, listen, go to Jerusalem, hang out in the upper room. Do not leave that room until the Holy Spirit comes. So they they obey. There's about 120 in this room right? The Holy Spirit comes like a wind, but, but it, it, it sticks over their head like a 
tongues of fire, right? There's tongues of fire over uh, everybody that's in this upper room. And as they leave this room, now that was during Passover, so there's uh, thousands of Jews all over the world there at that moment in Jerusalem. They come out of the house, right? And they begin to speak in all of these different languages and perf- their perfect dialect. And they're telling all of these people about the good things God has done. They're talking to them about Jesus. This is why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, that we would be bold with our words, that we would be bold, these, these tongues of fire, that we would speak truth with boldness. And look, at, we're, we're living in a culture today that wants to cancel us. We're, we're living in a culture today where, where, man, censorship is coming. It's already here, okay? It's already here. We're, we, we get censored once in a while here on YouTube, and, and, and we just get, this is where we're at today. You see, Satan wants to still kill and destroy, and he wants to shut Christians He wants to silence us. Now listen to me. Jesus says, I want to teach you in humility. I want to come and be gentle. Listen, our words can be gentle. Our words can be kind. Our words can be loving. Listen, we don't have to be nasty on social media. We don't have to be nasty to people. Listen, it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. Man, the Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit is kind. But the Holy Spirit is also bold. It doesn't back down. And we can do that in love. We can do that in love. So let me leave you with a couple things this, this morning before we transition into our response, <clears throat> response time. The first thing, on a scale of 1 to 10, how burdened are you? On a scale from 1 to 10. And, and maybe you need to take an honest approach and say, Pastor, today I'm burned down by sin. I'm burned down, I'm burdened <clears throat> down by my past my past mistakes, my past issues. I'm just burdened down. Today's the day where you give Jesus your sin burden. You, you, the reason why you're weighed down, the reason why you're, you're, you're exhausted all the time and you're slipping into to depression and times is because you're carrying a burden you were not designed to carry. Jesus carried it already. Today's today. Get rid of this burden. Whatever that burden. Maybe, maybe you need to put it on the cross today. Maybe you need to come to the altar and lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Maybe you need to go get prayer today and have someone pray through it with you. Prayer is so powerful. Listen, as your pastor, don't struggle alone. Don't struggle alone. This is a place of non, we, are, we will not judge you. We all got issues, okay? We all agree, we all struggle, and we have issues. Don't struggle alone today. Then I want to ask you another question uh, on a scale of one to 10. Where are you at as far as carrying the burdens of God? Are you carrying them? 
Here's another question I want you to take home with you today. Can God trust us with his burdens? Or does he look at us, does he look at passing a life church and say, you know what? They're just weak and shallow. They're not ready yet. They're not ready yet for me to, to pour out all that I have in store for them. Or does he look at our church and say, okay, that's a church. I can pour it out. They're ready. They're ready for revival. And what do I talk about revival? Uh, I talk about when God does a revival, and you can look at the revivals of the past in different places of the world. It's about a group of people that are just seeking God. And what God does supernaturally, he brings in lost, broken people. And they encounter the love of God. Let me ask you another question today. And this, is, this kind of uh, can lay out where you're at on that burden scale. If God were to double our church next week, like adults and kids, like just doubled. God just supernaturally brought a double portion of people. What's your first thought? Is your first thought, oh gosh, I would have to sit next to somebody? Oh, would this mean I would have to park in the west lot and walk? Pastor, that is a long walk. Is that your thought? Like, would there be any cookies left for me? What about the coffee? Would I have to show up early? Like, if that's your first day, and that's okay if that's your first inclination today. But I'm telling you right now, you're not carrying the burdens of God. What does God see when he sees this church? Because if God was going to do that, you know what he would need? He would need twice as many volunteers. He'd need twice as many people to step up and serve. He would need we would need twice as many life groups because, man, we, we want to disciple people to Jesus. There's this rule in business. It's, it's called the 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And that, that rule has slipped into churches. That rule has slipped into churches. If we're going to see a revival happen, we need that switched around. We need 80% of the people in this church carrying the burdens of God, serving, giving, sacrificing. So the 20% that, that God brings in, the lost, the broken, man, we can love them well. I want to leave you with this today. My grandfather passed away last year. He's, he was 87. He's just a giant of the faith. Just a giant of the faith. He, he pastored the same church for 42 years. He started it in upstate New York, and he turned it over to my uncle. He's currently pastoring it there. And he, he flatlined. My grandfather flatlined like 15 years ago. He had a heart attack. His heart stopped. He flatlined. They don't know how long he was, he was dead for. But they defibbed him back, and he was ticked off. Let me just tell you, he was mad. He was like, don't you ever do that again. 
But he talks about this, this, this time, his time in heaven. And this time in heaven, he said, the first thing that I saw were all these sheep. The first thing I saw was all these sheep. And he's like, when you have questions in heaven, Jesus immediately answers those questions. And he's like, now I saw all these sheep. And I'm like, Lord, what are all these sheep? And Jesus says, those are all the people that you brought into my kingdom. And so when my grandfather came back to this life, He's like, everything is worthless. This, this, this game that we're playing, he's like, you don't, we don't, we can't imagine how wonderful heaven is. And, and I don't know if this happens, but, but if it can happen, and maybe it does for about 15 or 30 seconds, I think about the first 30 seconds that we stand before God, what we're gonna think about is like, man, I wasted so much time. Wasted so much money. I wasted, I just, man, I should have gave more. I should have, I should have served more. I, I, I should have told more people. I, what was I doing? It, it, because when my grandfather came back, this is what he said. He said, the only thing that matters to God is people. That's it. It's the only thing that matters his people, his children. Can we be a church that God looks at and says, they're ready. Come on, they got this heart of servanthood and sacrifice. Listen, if you're feeling stirred up today, I want to encourage you. You don't have to sign up. We're having uh, growth track. Pastor Don is doing growth track today after this service. Man, go go meet with her. Go upstairs and do growth track. It, it's a, a spiritual gifting test. It's a personality test. Now, we, we want you to step into all that God has called you to. We want you to start carrying the burdens that God has given you. Why? Because it gives you energy and it gives you rest. And this is the abundant life that God has called you to live. And there's no better way live. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never, I never said yes to Jesus. I've never really followed Christ with my life. Or, or maybe you would say today, Pastor, I've been drifting and I've just got caught up in the game of life and, and I need to just recommit today. I just need to recommit to this path, this abundant life that you have in store for me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, I just want to pray with you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, just slip up your hand. You can just put it down. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I would just ask this morning that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. I want to encourage people watching online to say this prayer with us. Dear Jesus, I thank you what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.